when two Division I athletes discuss the challenges and successes of navigating life after competing, you get conversations designed by athletes for athletes. I'm Don Sutton. And I'm Brooke Beerhouse, sharing with the athletic community stories and insights to better understand life when your sport ends. Hello and welcome to When Your Sport Ends, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? I'm Don Sutton, alongside my co-host, Brooke Beerhouse, on this week's episode of When Your Sport Ends. Our conversation this week is a little bit different. Actually, it's a lot a bit different because we are talking to a current professional mountain biker. She's still competing in her sport. However, our guest went through the athletic transition that we cover on When Your Sport Ends. After ending her collegiate soccer career and her national water skiing career in college as well. On this episode, we are focusing on what it's like to end one sport and find a new passion and talent in another sport. Our guest, Carolyn, is a professional mountain biker living in Park City, Utah, training and competing for the summer. Kara is a registered dietitian and can be found somewhere dope hanging out in her van. You can follow Kara on Instagram at at Carolyn, that's K-E-R-A-L-I-N-N, and fun fact, Kara's tracked almost a thousand miles of biking on Strava this year, so she'd be a good one to have on your Strava to follow. Absolutely. And if you enjoyed this episode or maybe you loved past episodes, be sure to rate and review us. By rating the show or leaving a review, it helps the podcast to show up in search results and popular content across the audio platforms. And we always appreciate your feedback. All right, let's get into mountain biking. Where in the world are you right now? Set the scene. Okay, so right now I'm located in Park City, Utah, and this has been kind of my home for the last three summers. I left last winter to seek warmer weather um, because I actually live in a van. So I bounce around in my van, but uh, in the summer, Park City is is my location. And I'm actually at a rec center right now. I'm sitting close to a pool and I can see people playing uh, tennis and there's mountains in the background and it's pretty amazing. Pretty unreal. That's so cool. <laughs> I love that. So, and the mountain biking scene is huge in Park City, right? And in Utah in general, is that what draws you to the area in particular? Yeah, exactly. So I actually pulled up to the rec center today and noticed that of the 50 cars, there were probably 40 cars with bike racks on the back. And what? that to me is just still so amazing. And so everyone in the town definitely knows what mountain biking is. And there's mountain bikers like all over the streets. And there's over 500 miles of trail just in the town itself. So it's really cool to like to be involved in the sport or to like race in a sport, which everyone actually knows. Because if you go to the Midwest, like no one knows what mountain biking is. And um, right. Yeah. So it's it's really cool here. Like people of all ages do it. Uh, it's very similar to Bentonville, Arkansas, which I know both of you guys are located in. Shout out. Yeah. 
<laughs> and you spent time here too. So that was uh, that was pretty cool for me to be able to see and experience downhill racing and what you do. I've gone on the trails a little bit and just like, I have so much respect for your sport because it's something like you said, coming from the Midwest, I didn't really know much about it um, growing up and and then also up until probably just last year. <laughs> and it's so true that there's all different types of mountain biking across the world. So even, even the mountain biking that's technically mountain biking that's in the Midwest, it's way different than, you know, say Utah or, and even Utah and Bentonville are totally different types of mountain biking. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's such a fun sport. It's funny you mentioned that now we, we assume you didn't go to college for mountain biking. So right. you were soccer, correct? And how does one make that transition from playing <laughs> soccer to living in a van in Utah, <laughs> just chasing the dream in mountain biking? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. So my whole life, I grew up playing a lot of different sports, kind of the traditional ball sports especially Midwest ball sports. Um, mm -hmm. And so soccer was kind of my primary sport. And that's what I decided to carry on to college. Um, I actually had a year off of um, playing a sport altogether, which maybe we'll get back to that because I think that was like a really important year and why I have continued to pursue chasing the dream. Um, but basically, yeah. So basically after a year off, um, I played college soccer. It was D3 soccer. So it wasn't like, uh, like what you two do D one, like all in, um, you know, you kind of have to like live and breathe and train but all day still. long. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, yeah I, I played soccer at Augustana college and, and I'm sorry, was your question? How did I transition to mountain biking? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then there's a lot of layers to this, isn't there? It's <laughs> yeah. long. Yeah. yeah. That's what this is about. Okay. Okay. So let me fast uh, rewind back to my freshman year of college. I actually went to the University of Nebraska and I wasn't playing a sport at all. So although I did like numerous sports in high school, um, mm -hmm. I decided to kind of just go to a, a big school and study, I think it was dental hygiene at the time. And uh, just be like a normal college student and throughout. So I was there for a year and a half and I basically decided that I never want to just be like a normal <laughs> college student and not, yeah. not pursue a sport. I kind of got into the, not the party scene, but like just the typical college student party scene. I guess. Yeah. Right. And I decided that was not for me at all. I was not, I wouldn't say I wasn't happy, but it wasn't like, it wasn't me. Mm -hmm. So, so I decided to make the, the um, transfer to a school back in my hometown. It's called Augustana College. It's on the border of Iowa and Illinois. And my sister was actually playing soccer uh, for that team at the same time. She, it was her senior year. So kind of as I was coming in, she was going out, but um, it was everything that I ever dreamed of. Like it was a small team or not a small team. Sorry. It was a small school with uh, most of the students at the school are, are athletes and um, athletes were definitely important to everyone, but it wasn't like, you know, 
like I said before, it wasn't like we had three practices a day or anything like that. Um, there was yeah. definitely time for other things. So, um, so anyway, I played soccer and I love that. I would never would have transferred schools, but then I got into a situation where I got really interested in nutrition, studying nutrition. And I decided that that was a better route for me. Um, rather than the route that I was on, I was going to go to dental school. And so I decided to, well, they didn't even have a single nutrition course because it's a small school. So um, the only way to pursue that degree was to transfer again. So it's super oh, embarrassing. Wow. This was going to be my third school in like three years or three or four years. Um, but anyway, it, it's like I decided to make that switch and I transferred to Iowa State University. And um, so this was my fourth year, fourth and fifth year, I went to Iowa State University. And um, so at this point, I already, um, yeah, I knew I didn't want to be like a normal student. And um, so I needed to find something else. And before I'd even transferred over, I was looking at all the different options I could do. And I knew I didn't want to do D1 soccer there. So I found that they had a water ski team. So, so cool. Yeah. And this was actually way more down my alley. Like this is something I wanted to do back actually at Nebraska. Like instead of playing soccer in college, I was like, I want to get into like an action sport, an extreme sport, because I always felt like my whole life that that's what um, like suit me better. It's just, mm -hmm. I never really had the resources to do it or like my family just didn't, yeah, we didn't grow up in that scene. So, um, you know, they gave me the ball and the, those are the sports that I played, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So anyway, I, I knew that Iowa state had a team and they actually had a really competitive team. So I like, before I even moved there, I contacted the team and like signed up and told them I'd be there on day one. I left like a week early to go there. And first day at Iowa State, I showed up on the lake and I, um, I had grown up water skiing, but I was by no means like in, in the position to compete or anything like that. So, so yeah, I uh, basically learned how to do all those sports and I competed at Iowa State. It's like, it's technically a club but it was a competitive club. Like we got to travel all around the country. We got to go to nationals for uh, two years in a row. And it was Jeez. honestly like the coolest thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> Wait, tell us about how that's scored. How do you, cause there's jumps and everything too, right? There's like routes that you have to. Yeah. Or is this slalom? Yeah. Okay. So good question. I also didn't know what any of this was before I joined, but um, apparently it's, this old school sport, it used to be on ESPN and it used to be like really popular and then it's kind of died out. So, um, but it's really cool. So there's three, it's called three event water skiing and, um, you can compete in all three, but you don't have to. Some people just specialize in one. Um, and so basically it's slalom and slalom is where you have the one ski and you go around the the balls I think they're called <laughs> it's been a little yeah. while yeah and so yeah. you see like around the balls and then um you're scored based on how fast you can go and how short your line is so like the better you are you shorten up the line and, and then there's jump so jumping is basically there's a I think it's a five and a half foot jump and it's like all waxed and um oh slippery and Got you that. cut at it you have two really really big skis and um so you're getting pulled behind the boat and then you cut at the 
ramp to get as much speed as you can and you just send it as far as you can and so like that's it yeah <laughs> that's like it. trick or it's just <laughs> as far as you could go it's like long jump but um oh yeah it's really cool like because everyone kind of does it but most people don't have a jump to practice on so you go to a tournament um and they'll be just like 60 people just like like kind of like flipping backwards like doing the splits off the jump like hitting the water so hard like every time you crash it hurts so bad i'd have whiplash i'd have a pulled groin (laughs) like it was gnarly (laughs) but um (laughs) yeah sorry god no i'm just thinking to myself like how many how that even got started i just know it's like a bunch of stupid friends who are like hey you want to try this out <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then it yeah it's so true like if you've seen the in the olympics and in, in snow skiing they have like the long jump and yeah that's where they like lean forward it's actually just like that like you're leaning forward this is the good people the people who jump like 300 feet on the water it's so majestic. Wait, they jump 300 yes. feet? Yes. Okay, so those so those skis are basically like wingsuits. Yeah. Kinda, so they're exactly like the, what what is it called? Uh, yeah, I just I think of Eddie the Eagle. Yeah. Yes. That, that Hugh Jackman <laughs> movie. Uh, oh, what is it? Uh, yeah. Long a, is a it long called jump. Long Jump? I'm, I'm really not sure. Oh, we have shoot. one here in Park City, so I should, yeah, I should know. I'm looking it up. Man. It's a little, it's definitely different. So like in their sport, they, they just, well, not, I don't want to say they just, but they follow a track and they go right. straight. But right. water ski jumping is pretty gnarly. Like the really good people, they cut as far out as they can. And then they cut at the last, last moment possible. And they're all hunched over and they're cutting at the ramp. And by the time they exit off of the end of the ramp, um, I think it's like 90 miles per hour or something that they're sailing at. And they just, they just float through the air, like hundred feet. So now I was more around 60 feet. But <laughs> That's insane. So you flew 60 feet from a jump. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool. So, so that's three event water skiing. And I got to the, to do that for two years and, it was amazing because after class I would get to go to the lake and practice all three of those events. And although I didn't ever see myself like going anywhere with it, I definitely like dove all in and wanted to just get it as good as I can and help out the team as best as I could. Yeah. And those endorphins, I mean, what was it like after you weren't getting a chance to like go train on the lake with the team and getting to compete what did you is that when you found yourself looking for another sport that had a similar um vibe and community yeah no that's super um yeah super good question okay so i'd say that the water ski environment introduced me to kind of like the outdoor world and kind of more action sports Mm -hmm. and so there was guys on the team that had mountain bikes and I had never even seen a mountain bike before. Like I, I mean, except for those bike path ones that we have in Iowa. Um, yeah. but, but a lot of those guys had that and they talk about, um, just like casually mountain biking so that the seed was planted there and kind of the, yeah, like you said, the endorphins and like the, the desire to do those types of sports, like really fun sports, like not no offense, but soccer is like running around on a field, like kicking the ball. Like it, it was not my favorite thing in the world to do, but, um, these are sports that are like just unbelievably fun to do. We did a big road trip up to Washington 
And one of my buddies brought his, he brought like three mountain bikes, like that his family just had. So we strapped those to the back of the car. And so I got to do my first mountain bike trail on that trip. And this was like the last week of school. So it was like a really good transition because I did it and I was totally obsessed. Like it was so fun. Like I had his bike the whole trip. Like he didn't even get a ride it because I just, I rode it the whole time. (laughs) And I, I even planned on buying it after. Um, but I didn't, I didn't end up buying it, but yeah. So then that's how I started mountain biking. I, I moved back to my home in Iowa, my hometown in Iowa to finish up all my dietetic school stuff. I had to do that, um, an internship for six months there. Mm -hmm. And I just bought like a pretty crappy mountain bike and just started to ride for fun. And then it, it turned into a lot more than that pretty quickly. (laughs) That is so awesome. I uh, There's so many parts of this that I want to get into, but one of them that I want to make sure that we hit touch on because this being so much about that transition life after sports and you are the first really person that we've had on where you are competing in a sport, but it's dif- different than the one that you are playing. And so that transition period of deciding to go into, you know, like becoming pro, I mean, what was that like if you could walk us through if you had any reservations about competing or um i mean it sounds like it's totally your passion and and you love it but for someone who is is thinking about getting back into racing or trying a different sport what you know what was that like for you yeah awesome so i want to make a well um i guess a point Mm-hmm. I was so I was listening to the podcast that you guys had with Tor Holly and yeah. I yeah which was so cool. And so I I remember her saying something about she got injured I think it was high school and she said, "Oh, like during while she was injured, she made this like um realization, oh, there's more than sports. Like there's more out there that she can get into." And it's mm-hmm. funny because I kind of had the opposite um when like so my freshman year when I wasn't playing a sport I had the totally opposite reaction. I was like, I want to keep doing this as long as I can. Like, that's the most fun. Like, that's what I love to do. And um, so I I got to this point again after my, so after I graduated from college and I was back in Iowa and I had just gotten that mountain bike for fun. Like, of course, on my mind, I wasn't thinking like, oh, I want to be a professional mountain biker and compete because mm-hmm. I, you know, I barely knew how to ride a bike. And so... But, but I got to that point again, where I was like, I need to find something to compete in. Like I have to have something on the calendar that I can kind of train for or work towards or work, work to be better at. So I remember looking into like obstacle course racing. I signed up for like a Spartan race and um, just like odd stuff like that. That was like, okay, I live in the Midwest. I, what can I I do here? Yeah. Yeah. Cause (laughs) although I've always wanted to or I wanted to move somewhere else. It just, it, it wasn't really, um, it, that, that wasn't going to happen at the time, like because of numerous Mm -hmm. reasons. So I knew that I needed to find something I could do in the Midwest. And so, um, so anyway, yeah, I, I was looking for all these different things, but as, as that was happening, I was mountain biking. And so my first summer, you really only mountain bike in the summer in the Midwest. So I probably got like two or three months in and just ride a couple times a week on, on the really just a five mile trail 
is the one that I would kind of practice on. Um, there mm-hmm. were a couple other trails in town, but like that five mile loop is really the only one that I did. And, and so that wasn't anything crazy, but then the second, so, so actually over the winter, this is what happens. I get all, <laughs> I get all like crazy online and like looking up, um, different competitions I can do and like watch different videos of people and like totally get my hopes up. But, um, that's what I did over the winter. And I found out that there was like this little cross country race series in, um, in Iowa and Illinois. So I was like, I'm going to start racing. Like, even though this is cross country, um, I can kind of explain. Uh, this is during winter where I decided that I would like for fun, start competing in mountain biking, even though, yeah, I wasn't very good. Um, and, and so then, then, then as the summer came, I signed up for like, um, just a couple kind of local cross country races and that's where it, I guess where it started because I, I did decently well. I mean, there was like three girls that would compete because they're just, it's just not very big in the Midwest. Yeah. So, oh, I, I, um, I realized that cross country was not my forte. So let me explain quickly. There's three different, um, three different sports in mountain biking or three different disciplines. There's cross country, which is, um, up, ups and downs. And it's more of an endurance sport. There aren't any big obstacles like small rock gardens, but most of it is just like endurance, just go pedal for an hour and a half and see who can finish first. And then, um, the, the middle one is called enduro and that's kind of like real life mountain biking. It's where you live in the mountains and you have to climb up the mountain and you also have to mm-hmm. descend down. And for this, they do that about four or five times in a weekend. And the ups are not timed, but you still have to be in shape to get up and like to be recovered for the yeah. time section that is down. So, so you might have five down downhills kind of, um, and you're, you're riding like a, a trail bike. Uh, I, I don't need to get into that, but anyway, <laughs> And then the the third one is kind of the most extreme or definitely the most extreme. And it's just all about speed. You just, you have, you take a lift to the top. So you don't have to be in shape oh really to get to the top. You just start at the top and you follow the course that they have marked down to the bottom. And you practice the same course all weekend and you kind of memorize all the rocks, rocks and you practice all the, the big features. There might be like a 20 foot gap or 20 foot drop or 30 foot gap or like whatever there's usually big sort of features that if you want to win you have to hit them so so those are the three different sports and And that's the one that you do (laughs) yeah (laughs) right yeah so but um but yeah so anyway it was just that summer of kind of like racing like a little bit of cross country and I also got to do like a little trip to Minnesota or no it was Michigan and I, there was, I did an enduro there. Mm. They had, um, kind of like a modified enduro, like a Midwest enduro. And I placed first in their amateur and there was like 14 girls. So this is like the first real competition I had. And then I remember it was, I was like second or third, if I would have raced pro, like my times would have been second or third. So wow. that right there, I was like, Oh, what maybe yeah maybe like if I keep practicing or if I like maybe I could move to the mountains and I could you know pursue this because this is something I actually love to do 
and I feel like it's up my alley, <laughs> but not, wow. not cross country, like more of the mountain stuff. <laughs> so did you ever find a uh, kind of a nostalgia between soccer and maybe scoring a goal or something like that with that? Or was it something more for you um, with the downhill? Yeah. I don't like, even though I played soccer kind of my whole life, I, it definitely was not my passion and, um, there's, it's, it's so much different than mountain biking. Like it's a team sport. And Mm -hmm. so, no, I don't know if I can compare, like if I have that many comparisons or direct, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say with soccer. Um, the the biggest thing actually that like the, the first time I got on a mountain bike, what it reminded me of was my childhood obsession of wanting to be a dirt bike racer oh that is awesome yeah so that that was like little little care i got a a dirt bike Um, yeah well my brothers got these four wheelers and um i was totally obsessed and i I wanted to be the one that had like the four wheeler the dirt bike and they never used them so i convinced my dad to buy like to trade those in for, for for a dirt bike for me so anyway i had a dirt bike for a couple of years, but I never really got to ride it very much just because my dad was busy. And I think probably the last thing he wanted to do was take me and my sister to the, to the track on his weekends <laughs> off. So, so I basically like got the taste of dirt biking, but it sat in my garage and I just kind of stared at it. And instead I watched like nitro circus and was obsessed with Travis Pastrana and all these, um, sure. like, yeah, like su- super cross racers. And so that was something that was always deep inside of me of like, I can't wait till I'm an adult and I can buy my own dirt bike and like, like do that. So, so my first mountain bike ride, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like dirt <laughs> biking. Yeah. <I've> <laughs> but it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cheaper. <laughs> cheaper and easier to manage. So, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if soccer, I know there's a lot of, skills from soccer and the other sports that I did that have definitely helped me out in mountain biking Uh, definitely water ski jumping like um just jumping off the ramp and like kind of popping off I also did uh, wakeboarding Mm. Um, that was another one of my childhood obsessions that I kind of just more dreamed about on the computer (laughs) didn't get a didn't really get to do as much in real life as I wanted to but I definitely studied that sport a lot and um, I think the, like water skiing and wakeboarding are the two things that has helped me out the most with mountain biking. Did, does your mind turn off in a way? <laughs> There's two different things. Like, um, so like, let's say, I, so I'll say, I'll talk about racing and just okay. like making it down a course and then just, just jumping and like being like, I don't brave is such a weird word, but like just being willing We're using to try a jump. Yeah. That's maybe above my skill level. So, so yeah. I'll talk about jumping. I think at the beginning I, yeah, I was definitely like that person that was willing to do anything. And like, even though, so I took my first trip to Benton, Bentonville and mm-hmm. I know that you guys have seen them, but there's like these, there's pretty big drops, um, all, all over the place. They're all, they're built up everywhere. And that was my first real place that I ever mountain biked. And I was on like a 
basically like a cross-country mountain bike. I had just come from Iowa. We don't have a single jump there, like not even like a two-foot jump that I'd ever done before. And I like my first weekend, or I think it was like my second time there, I went there like twice in one month. But I, um, even though I didn't have the skill to, I like sent it off all those drops and like jumps. And there was like, there's like a good like 20 foot drop there. And there's videos of me. And I, I look back now and I'm like, actually, I saw one of the drops I did last time I went this last winter. And I was like, I can't believe I jumped that. Like I did not have the skills at all. Oh my God. So, so I think at the beginning, like I totally, I was that person. Like I would like turn off my mind and I would do anything that, you know, I, that I thought looked cool or whatever. Yeah. Um, but now I've, I've definitely changed. I've had a lot of injuries and I, um, I know I just want to have a long career. And even though I have like definitely maybe the skill to do it now, I'm still mm-hmm. like, a. a I'm a bit more cautious um, just because I, I, yeah, I want to make it through the season. So I would say I don't really, I used to turn off my brain, but now I don't. I use my brain a little bit more, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but racing is totally different. Racing is like, um, they say, have you guys ever heard about like flow state? Yes. I'm obsessed with that actually. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I don't know that much about it. I know that when you're in the place, flow state, your brainwaves are like in a totally different, you're like, your brainwaves are just reacting differently. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, and I think those are the sports I've always been like interested in, like the flow state sports. And that's like when you're mountain biking down a trail, I think you get into that mode where you, you're in the flow state and, um, at, at the beginning, like even this last year, I was so focused on a lot of different skills. There's so much involved with mountain biking. You might not think so, but there's a lot of skills because basically if you make a mistake, like you end up with like yeah. the head of a tree or something. So, <laughs> so anyway, this oh, last year was yeah, definitely, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, this last year was like, I was not in the flow state. <laughs> like I was constantly like, working on like trying to remember break early lean the bike here look forward 100 different things that you're thinking about when you're going down that trail um but now i think i'm finally like a lot of the skills are coming together and i can actually yeah kind of like be in that state yeah it's interesting because mountain biking's just a different course essentially every time it I mean, even yeah. in, I imagine cross country running, mm-hmm. it's not as extreme as, you know, going from Mohab to Mexico, right? where terrain's probably totally different. I mean, even Bentonville, Bentonville, we have gravel and I've eaten it pretty hard. Here. I've only done it a couple times and I've eaten it that hard. <laughs> yeah, gravel is bad. <laughs> wet wood bad gravel bad <laughs> yeah. yeah but how you know how, how do you think that flow state comprehends is it you just have to play all these courses if you will or is it just over the time you think you can get good in park city and that'll transition everywhere else yeah that's a good question i Yeah, I think the skills are generally like, let's say there's five main things that I need to work on. I think if I kind of not master those, but if I get better at those, I think those will translate to just about anywhere. 
Um, so you're constantly on a new trail with, with different features, with different conditions, different, like, um, you know, like out here we have really dry, so it's kind of like, yeah, dry dirt, but then you go up into mm-hmm. Washington and it's really like moist, loamy. It's like in mountain biking, the one thing that everyone talks about, which anyone outside of mountain biking will probably thinks is the weirdest thing ever, but everyone loves to talk about dirt. Like, it's like, how was the dirt today? Like, that's the biggest yeah. thing that everyone talks about. It just, it, it plays a huge role in the day <laughs> and how the day plays out. But, um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, oh, trail memory is yeah. that that's a big part of mount, um, racing, especially downhill racing. You have to memorize the whole course. You have to know exactly what's coming ahead and you're going as fast as you can. So you can't be reacting like you have to be offensive. You have to be ready for the next thing. And that's something I've struggled with. And I, I still think uh, I definitely still struggle with it is remembering what's coming up next. I think because I'm still not quite into that like flow state. And I just don't have all of, like the skills mastered yet. So I'm just like a step behind. Um, yeah. But now so you've only been doing this for how many years now? Or how many years have you been officially pro uh yeah I would say so I moved out to Utah two summers ago I've or I've spent two summers out there this is now my third one uh yeah so I basically I the first day out and the first day I got into Utah was a a downhill race and so that's what I competed in and I signed up for pro that's like a whole nother it's all kind of well I didn't, I didn't belong in pro yet. I definitely was not a pro athlete, but I, I said, it's, I don't even, I don't even want to explain it, but I signed up for it and somehow I won it. So that's, I don't consider myself a pro though, that whole year. Like I was definitely okay. learning how to ride a bike still my first year out in Utah. So maybe last year was my first year. Yeah. Last year was my first year, like really competing pro and doing like the national races. Wow. You feel like you feel like you're developing skills with mountain biking because, like you said, it's it's focusing on the next hurdle and continuous. Do you ever use that kind of knowledge or that kind of flow, if you will, in your other career? Because correct me if I'm wrong, you're also working with a nutrition company, correct? Yeah, yeah, I work for Plant Peer Communities. It's an awesome nonprofit. And um, I work remotely, which works really well with everything else I do, living in the van, yeah. traveling for races. Um, I'm not sure if there's much of a link between mountain biking and my other career. I kind of keep them yeah. separate. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. I, I was super passionate about nutrition, um, obviously in college. That's why I transferred schools. I got yeah. so into it and... I like really dove into um, kind of like it just just totally immersing in it in all aspects of my life. And then after a couple of years of that, it just it just became too much for me. And I decided it just really wasn't my passion anymore. I didn't want to talk about it all day long because that's kind of what happens with nutrition. Like you might work for eight hours during the day counseling people about it. And then after that you go home and you're making food and your friends come over and they want to ask you about like saturated fats. And like, I just got a text just a a moment ago from someone said, what's the deal with stevia? Like, can I I add that to my food? And I'm like, I just, 
it's just, it just took over and it just, I just didn't want to talk about food all the time. So I'm super lucky. Like I've, I have an awesome job and I love what I do and I love plant-based nutrition, but I, I really just don't like to like counsel and talk about it all the time anymore. Um, I'd like to talk about mountain biking. <laughs> I think we've noticed. It's awesome. I mean, yeah. I got a mountain bike. I, I love it. Yeah, I know. Like, so I don't know if you could have you. Okay, so Don, have you had the experience of like, I don't like, I got it. And every, I feel like everyone else I've met too. Mm-hmm. Um, they just get so into it. Like not only the mountain biking and, but also like some people trail build, some people like love the community part of it. Some people love the tech, like the different bikes. Mm -hmm. Has that, has that happened for you? Yeah. We actually, I actually dragged Brooke out during like a cold (laughs) March to help work work on a trail. (laughs) Drain some of them. Drain some of them. the structure but i i find it fascinating like when you talk about when you say everybody talks about dirt it's really interesting because they brought in these trail these professional trail builders all around here and they're using like this red clay but i'm noticing it gets super dried out and it's not really built for here you know arkansas is more of the it's more gravelly Mm -hmm. and like I, I mean, I like the cross country more so just because I like going downhill pretty quick and like having the technical aspect of it, but I can definitely see the down, like I would, I would definitely enjoy a downhill in Colorado. I think just <laughs> yeah. five miles of straight downhill. Yeah. <laughs> no work. <laughs> yeah. No work. I think, I think we have a trail out here in Ponca that's five miles downhill. Oh but, man. Yeah, I, yeah, in uh, Lake Leatherwood too are rad downhill trails. Oh, oh really? Is that yeah? Another long that's one? where okay. That's where I spent um, just about every day when I was there in for two months this last fall. They're yeah, so good. I don't hit twenty foot gaps though. So. Oh uh, yeah, no, that's yeah. the thing about you don't have to. I feel like Bentonville. They label everything really well, which I was joking mm-hmm. with yeah. Brooke about before. Is like yeah. sometimes when you're out here, like they'll just be like a random drop somewhere that you have to hit. But Benville's really good about that. They actually it's like, go to the right, go above the gap, Yeah, it was funny because I I found myself on one trail and mm-hmm. I was riding this blue, which you know I was going uphill expecting to have a blue going downhill. I finally climb it. And at the top, like the next part of it is a double black and it says warning, 15 foot gap, (laughs) wide trail. And I'm just like, well, I'm riding the same trail back down. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. At least somebody told me though. (laughs) Warning. That's cool. Yeah. There's something weird about, oh, not weird. Mountain biking is something I've never experienced before. Like the community and the stoke on the sport is unreal. Like people oh, get into it, like really get into it. And like I said, there's like all aspects, like, um, they, they love the trail building. They love, or, or they love riding or they love to talk about the trails. Like I can talk to a random person. I talk, I meet in California and be like, Oh yeah. Have you read Talonics? And we can talk about the random trail there for, you know, for 20 minutes. And, um, I feel like 
and, and people like geek out on the 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 tech and and even the the, the like the athletes or the pro athletes like yeah. the, so it's really cool it's and it's all ages like the community that I'm in kind of like um kind of like the race the downhill or yeah the downhill race community um it's definitely all ages and I can go anywhere in the country um to to ride my mountain bike and I can like I'll have a, a friend there that I met at a race or a friend that knows a friend that I'm I'm totally comfortable with hanging out with and they'll show me the trails or whatever when you talked about earlier about longevity how you know you're a little bit more not um Timid, but like you contemplate. Some, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> you know, you think through some of those um, because you do want longevity in the sport and to finish the season. So, what does I don't know? Maybe the next five, ten years. Do you have a sort of a game plan in your head, or what's next for you? Maybe. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I I think the biggest thing on my mind every single day is like, yes, staying healthy and mm-hmm. not having a big injury because my first two seasons out out in Utah I kind of say that that's kind of started my career is like Utah um I broke my wrist my the first summer and then the second year I broke my collarbone and so I'm like really hoping I can make it through this year but um you will <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah. I'd say oh man my focus is actually changing a bit this year I so downhill I jumped right into downhill which was maybe good and bad um it requires the most skill and I definitely did not have the skill I might have had like the head for it yeah but um compared to other girls um but I didn't have the skill so I jumped into that sport and now I just I'm kind of going backwards a little bit I'm gonna compete in more enduro this year and I even though I think downhill is probably still like ideally like the, the, I don't know if it is ideally the race format that I want, but, um, it's definitely like the coolest thing. So that's of course what I want to do. So, but I'm, I'm switching a little bit to enduro because there's more support in that sport. Mm. And so, um, I guess five years. Oh, well, enduro is a little bit, you can comp- you can compete at that one longer. It's a little bit more of an endurance sport, so okay. I don't feel as much pressure. Like when I was in downhill, um, my goal for this year I was gonna race one or two World Cups. Um, wow. So I was gonna have to travel to like to Europe and race the World Cup. So basically, we have national races, and that's what I do, or that's what I did last year. And then there's the World Cups, and there's like mm-hmm. seven or so of those a year in downhill. Um, they also have them in enduro they're called enduro world series and so that's kind of like the biggest yeah if you like that's the goal for everyone to make it make it there so I was gonna that was my goal for this year was to do like one or two and then see how I did and then maybe next summer I could do I could just live in Europe and I could do all the world cups Um, funding is like a big situation um in in downhill there's just not a lot of money in downhill because a lot of people don't buy downhill bikes anymore. Mm. Um, everyone buys like your enduro, your all mountain bike. So, so now that my focus is switching a little bit more to enduro, I think that I want to race nationally this year and get a couple good, um, get as many good results as I can. 
so that next year I can, um, I'm hoping to get on a team. So I'm what you're, what you consider a privateer right now. So I have oh. my own sponsors and I don't have like a team. So I have people that support me, but it's kind of all on my own and like traveling and getting to the races and like my own mechanic and stuff. That's all on my own. Um, so, so really the dream is to be on a team. And so hopefully that could happen next year. And then depending on what the team wants, I guess I could race like, um, more internationally, or maybe they want to keep me here in the U S and that would be fine too. I love racing here in the U S so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know about five year or 10 year. No, but I had no idea that's how that worked too with teams. What a, yeah. that's really neat. Get yourself yeah, a so European I, van and yeah. a US van. US <laughs> European van. Yeah. So like um, most of the teams are the bike frame companies. So like giant gotcha. as a team, specialized as a team, like you name it, like all the frame companies mm-hmm. have a team. Um, and so they might have like four enduro athletes and four downhill athletes. Or no, they probably have more enduro, maybe like 10 enduro athletes and four downhill athletes and um yeah it's it's nice it's something that they have like their little tent set up at the race with uh with mechanics and they'll work on your bike (laughs) and you don't have it's that's a whole other part of mountain biking like you have to take care of your bike and you have to like that part of racing is something that i have had a lot of help with um Mm. and now i have to do a little bit more on my own so that's kind of daunting so one one question we'd like to close with and it's kind of crazy because you're full-on mountain biker now but it's what would you tell yourself in college knowing what you know now mm-hmm. it almost sounds like <laughs> today just go to college in utah <laughs> Yeah, like I could have saved a lot of money <laughs> if uh, I didn't get it. If I didn't even go to college, oh man! If I would have had more of a head start on mountain biking, that would have been the best ever. But but no, no regrets. Yeah. Um, yes. Gosh, I would just tell myself to stick with it because I really think ah, this this sounds cheesy, but I I I'm living my dream life for sure. Like. Every day I wake up, I'm like, oh, man, this is so rad. Like, I can't believe it. Like, just a couple years ago, I was in Iowa. Nothing wrong with Iowa. Like, yeah, it just wasn't the place for me. Um, And I just never envisioned myself. Or I did. I I did envision myself. Like, I've always dreamed of being like a a dirt bike pro or like some sort of professional athlete. So, yeah, it's, it's so rad. So, yeah, I would just tell myself to stick with it because... It'll all work out. One of my favorite accessories when I'm traveling and working abroad is my Skyrome Solis. But lately, I haven't been traveling. Is that that orange puck you've been using on our road trips? Yes, that orange puck is actually a Wi-Fi hotspot and it allows for me to get my work done and have Wi-Fi even when we're in some sketchy service area. The Skyrim Solis and Skyrim Accessories are all 20% off when you use the code Rome with Brooke at skyrome.com. 
The link for that is in our bio and it's also in the description of the podcast. All of our advertisers and the codes will be in the description on the podcast.